Welcome everybody to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith, and I'm joined here with Aaron. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And Tim. All right. So um, today, we're gonna just have a conversation about Hulu's new show, um, High Fidelity, um, starring Zoe Kravitz. Um, first, I want to start with like how it even came onto my radar because I watched it and I. I kind of fell in love with it, and it's coming from a person that doesn't really too much care for like romantic comedies, because I think that they're more fantasy than fantasy, or what I mean, like it's more fantasy than high fantasy, and so <clears throat> I actually really enjoyed it for the most part. I, I came across it, of course, because my girlfriend. Um, it was Valentine's Day that the show actually premiered, and we we had a little indoor picnic. And it's it's not because I'm cheap. It's because um, she she doesn't seem to like gifts. She likes um, um, QT. So so we did like a little picnic, and then she was like, "Oh, let's watch that show with Zoe Kravitz." And so we we checked it out, and we like binge watched it um, all Valentine's Day. And um and so I just pretty much put a post on it talking about this is romantic comedies done right, and I, I enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. So, so at first we were going to do a particular show that Tim actually hated, and um, I don't <laughs> say on the podcast which show that is. Yeah, no, no reason to get into that. I enjoyed it for the most part. <laughs> I hadn't gotten to it yet, <laughs> but um, but pretty much um, I really enjoyed um, High Fidelity, and you know, just before we get into like our thoughts about it, it's pretty much about um, Zoe Kravitz's character who plays this um, young lady named Rob. Who has um, a bunch of relationship issues, and she decides to create a um, top five of her top five greatest um, uh, worst, I guess in this case, breakups. And and I don't know. I, like I said, I I have some type of love for it. So, what did you guys think? I really liked it. I think it's just a charming, fun show, and it does feel like a mixtape. Like she's making a mixtape in the first couple episodes. And every song that comes on, I was like, oh, yeah, that song. And I started downloading stuff I haven't thought about in a long time and discovered some stuff I'd never heard before. So that's a fun show for me. I mean, it works. And I saw the original um, High Fidelity 20 years ago. Thought it was pretty good. I think I like this more. Yeah. But then, you know, granted, it has more time to build up characters and everything. And it's more relevant to today. So... We give it that, you know. What about you, Aaron? What did you think about it? I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I got to say, our pivot was really fast. So when we were like, hey, you ready to do this? I was like, all right, I got like 36 hours. Let's see how much I can of this I can I can get through and stand. And, you know, even, you know, through uh, the work week, I was able to get through five episodes. And it was really charming and really fun. Yeah. Um there's a part of me like when I was watching the pilot, though, I was kind of resisting a little bit because I was like, am I just in it because I like the music? Because, um, I mean, they, they the soundtrack they've chosen is, is really sweet, actually. Um, I mean, that in in like a a charming way and also just like good taste kind of way. Um, I really felt like the acting uh, from everybody was pretty spot on i thought the directors always made really interesting choices and one thing that's worth uh, bringing up too is this is a sort of show where your protagonist is constantly breaking the fourth wall and seeing them be really vulnerable uh, in an interesting way like when they're 
in that kind of state of mind, which is interesting because I've I've been the crazy person before, not to this extreme, uh, but you know the person who just kind of can't get over you know somebody, and and that's an interesting place to kind of reverse myself in now being a happily married man with a child. Um, it made me feel anxious. It made me remember a lot of interesting things, but also really made me appreciate where I am now, too, uh, which is really fun. And having lived in New York, I'm telling you, that is a I mean, only somebody who lived in New York could write these sorts of characters and like kind of really get this vibe right about the different parts of, of that city. It was just really fun to watch, though. Yeah, it, it's definitely I. I I thought about you as I was watching it um, because I was like, man, I think this is something that um, Aaron and um, Sarah might actually enjoy. And also, um, for some reason, Mac reminded me of you. I don't think y'all look alike. Mm. Look-ish alike at one point. Like, if you yeah. I mean, that, that's a handsome brother, though, so I appreciate that. <laughs> if you, I don't know why that was the first thing came out. Maybe because I was watching the show and I thought about you and Sarah and I said, oh, well, you know what? I could see um, but yeah, it was a pretty, I, I like, once again, I really enjoyed it. And I think the music does plays it, play a huge part into it. And, um, but then it's also like pretty funny though, too. Mm. And, and then when it gets to more of the, um, dramatic beats, you, I, I was really feeling it, you know? Um, I got to say, too, uh, having gone back, cause I, I miss High Fidelity when it was first out in theaters. Seeing Lisa Bonet uh, again and then seeing her daughter in this show, I mean, damn, you would almost think it was the same actress. Like, they look so much alike, it's insane. I realized like a second before this podcast that Lisa Bonet was in the original High Fidelity and that her daughter is now taking over the role of Rob, originally played by John Cusack, and I just couldn't wait to get on here and drop that. Um, You beat me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 saw it together, and you and you. I mean, the thing is, we we noticed it at the same time. But I was like, wait a minute, like I'm talking. My brain just hadn't. I knew it was Zoe, but like, I couldn't. Like it was happening so quick. And you're like, oh, oh, that's Lisa Bonet, and I'm like, oh my god. I mean, that it's it's stunning, and they both have a really great screen presence, and Zoe does such a great job as a protagonist here of just like really. Semi really earnest and and being very genuine in the way that she's like just caught up in her feelings and like even like the little subtle things she's always doing that she does super well like I, this is gonna sound really dumb when I'm saying it but people who uh, know smokers know what I mean by like just how you hold a cigarette and there are different ways different people hold them but it looks so just natural she might she maybe smokes in real life maybe she doesn't whatever but like it's these subtle touches to like all these things that she does and her character and the way she emotes and the way that she just carries itself to feel uh, very genuine. Like, and, and one thing that's really interesting, and this is hard for directors to do, or at least I feel like I don't see it very much, is things that feel like very natural speech. Like, so whoever wrote yeah. whatever in a script for a character to say, the way that they interrupt each other, like the conversations feel super natural and the breaks, even though they're awkward, that's the way people awkwardly speak in real life. And I thought they just really captured some just tiny things really, really well. Yeah, you, you have to write in beats, but then uh, in some of these shows or even movies, you do have, um, sometimes they let the actors improvise. Yeah. And and I, I'm not sure if it, if it was just written that tight that no one improvised at all, but I, I have a feeling. There's no way on some of it. Like, you, 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 you can tell in some places where it's, 
it, it's you know obviously they're, they're working off whatever uh, the script demands, but there are things that you know are kind of occurring is these um, you know actors find chemistry with one another. Like those Sharice moments, they have to be improvised a good deal of them, especially when they're talking about. Um, what, what were they talking about? Movie villains, like top five movie villains. Top just, five movie villains. Uh, yeah. Michael Jackson. Oh, the Michael think, Jackson scene is incredible. Divine Dwight what? Randolph is like so insanely good and so makes things look so easy and so casual, and yeah. plays like a different, like a totally different person in every movie. So it's like, but also seems like oh, that's that must just be how she is because she's like that natural. I do wonder how frequently uh, any of us would go inside championship records to get records, though. They, they don't always treat so their scary. customers very. Yeah, I know, but they don't always treat their customers very well. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It said that was true in the original film too. They like some total assholes. <laughs> but I, but it, I think that um, like I said, I've never been to New York, but it seemed like they'd just be part of the experience to just kind of go there and, and like deal with some some assholes and stuff, and, and it's just. Just even the idea of going to a record store, it just seems very like organic and everything. And um, even the fact that they're being shitty to you, like how many record stores can you just really get to in this day and age? You know. Well, I will say like New York customer service is kind of interesting because like even if you go going to like get a pizza or something, you're like, oh, well, I'd like to have, you know, the large slice. And they're like, well, what do you want on it? I can't even do <laughs> New York accent right now, but it's like that shit. If you ain't used to it, it come off like they're being aggressive and rude, but that's how they talk. Well, like, for the <laughs> most part, you well, know, there's so many people that if you, like, if they're like, this guy's too much trouble, like, he's always complaining about, like, the bagel or whatever, there's another one of you coming through the door. Like, they don't have to worry about it. They could alienate, like, a certain number of customers and just keep moving. Yeah, yeah. I, unless there's, like, a cartman in the area who's going to yelp them to death. <laughs> but that's pretty rare in real life. It happens, I'm sure, but I haven't seen it yet. Dude, I'm so, I, I was so scared of record store clerks growing up, and I had like some pivotal experiences that I still remember that really affected my musical taste. Where like I started to buy an, a particular album, and they were like, "Really? Like you really want this kid?" Like, <laughs> it like changed me. Like there's a there was a guy who instead of buying, I was gonna buy a was not was record in 1989, and then my friend is like, um. Hey, is this good? And the record store clerk goes, "Yeah, it's better than was not was." And then I just like put back was not was. <laughs> <laughs> I got this got this record by this dude named Michael Penn, Sean Penn's brother, who became like one of my favorite artists ever. That's funny. Wow. But it, you know, it, it's that's always been kind of an interesting thing to me because I mean, I only I only probably went in on my own to buy a record a few times. Like, and I was like, it was like, you know, chain, like cat's music or something, right? Um, or like I remember and I realized how much of a, a ripoff this was at first, but you know how you could mail in like a penny and they could give you back twelve CDs or some shit. And oh, yeah. then eventually I paid all back. I'm like, damn. Um and, and then it was still never won in that transaction. Like it always yeah, ended yeah. Up somehow against you. Well, until NAFTA came out, baby, and it was, it was the world's my oyster at that point. Yeah, man. Oh man, I had whole discographies, and then streaming came out. I was like, yeah, well, this is better. But um, so what? What was the point? Oh yeah, just I remember. Oh, this is a true story. I'm, oh my god, some people are gonna be mad at me when I say this, and it's funny because when you get to episode five, which 
man, that show really changes like the further you get into it, which also I just really enjoy. But there's this woman who wants to take revenge on her husband, so she wants to tell his whole sell his whole record collection for twenty bucks. I don't want to ruin exactly all the stuff that happens in it, but you know, one of the guys who happens to be there and present, he's like, "Well, why won't you just destroy it?" And the reason I just thought of that was when I went to, the last time I went to end the Cats music. Um, I'm not gonna say the album because I I do like this artist overall, but I was really disappointed with this album. I bought um the album with Jimi Hendrix that has if six was nine. I can't remember which one that is. Oh, is that uh, Electric Ladyland? Yes, thank you, Chief. Yeah, that thing's great. Um, I also bought something else. I can't remember. And then I bought the album that um, I was able to play like four tracks of, and then I took it out of whatever I was playing it in, and I stomped it. Oh. I put it in the CD case, and I stomped it, and it would not crack. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, I was like, "This is this is ridiculous." Anyway, it's just a little stupid story about. Wait, it. you stomped it because it was so bad? Yeah, man, it was. Oh my god, like yeah, I've I, never I been. You you paid money for it, and instead of taking it back, you stomped it because you were that mad at the artist. I was so gravely disappointed. It was so commercial that my soul was a little broken. Like I was gonna buy this person's album no matter what because I was supported, but it was so against just what they had been as an artist previously that I just, my fandom couldn't take it. All right, we're back. Um, Aaron is talking about when he bought the second Black Eyed Peas album. Um, <laughs> oh, nope. I'm not good. Cause then you're going to say something <laughs> about Black Eyed Peas, man. <laughs> uh, but difficult. Moment. Yeah. I, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. So if this show if instead of having um, Zoe Kravitz's character, um, you know, pretty much being being a, a black woman, would it still serve the same if you had a white male in the role, like in the movie? I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. I think Tim can take this one. Um, I, the movie works pretty well, but this is just more interesting to me. I don't know why. I, I think partly that it's like so against type because you see usually the person who is so analog and is still like working in a record store and likes old stuff. It tends to be like a middle-aged dude. And I think it's cool that it's like a woman who's like in her 20s. Like that's just, oh. that is a character trait. You know, the fact that she like has records is like a and like bought a record store is a big decision and tells you a lot about her. Like she really she acts like it's like this casual thing, but think about the rent on a record store in New York. Yeah, I mean, well, I will say this show does have that thing, though, where like you have people in New York doing things that seem semi impossible given their income level or, or like their projected income level in your head. Like and it's only home? <laughs> well, there's so many uh movies in the 90s said new york with a young secretary who's a white blonde woman who lives in some fucking penthouse in manhattan right you're like what the fuck is this that doesn't even make sense like when, once you live in new york that's like that there's that's impossible like there's no fucking way somebody on that salary is living where they're living um and it is funny though because they don't have enough customers, based on what I've seen, for her to probably keep that that shit up. It just seems really hilarious. Like, they, like there's something that happened that she hit the jackpot on that I'm missing. My theory um, is that on the show, her mom and dad actually are Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. I will say I'm very curious about her, her parentage. Um, 
it, it's not super important to me, but I think it'd be interesting only because there's a, I think by episode three or four, you you get to the point where she's deciding I'm going to talk to all of these exes that I remember who gave me all these heartbreaks and, you know, have them break down to me. What's wrong with me? Why they chose not to stay in a relationship and why will I die alone? Um, that motif for her sitting at the window with the cigarette and the old woman looking at her. And she's like, oh, shit, I'm becoming her. Was <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you haven't seen you. Oh, so you haven't got to the episode where they actually show her mother. Nope. Nope. I'm at five. So this is like right after she and Clyde. Clyde. Yes. Yes. Um, mother the, is a white woman. I mean, that that wouldn't... I mean, man, come on now. I've been around enough black people to know what's up. Uh, I mean, but but that... Okay, just for a moment. I I don't know why I thought that was kind of like a weird choice to me. Why? Because, I don't know, maybe I'd be reading too much into things, but... Why... Okay, so in real life, so we know who Zoe Kravitz's parents are, right? Mm-hmm. So why choose to have her mother be white? Is it because she's light-skinned? I so, think you're thinking way too hard about this. I don't think so. Unless both all, the parents white, it's is weird. Like the assumption is that if you're light-skinned, then you must have white parents somewhere. No, I mean, that's just that's just what it is here. Look at it this way. It, let's let's say if you you know you're a white person, you don't really know too many black people, right? No. And so you see you see a white person, I mean a black person, and they real fair skinned, and you think to yourself like, damn, why are they so light skinned? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some people that really be like this. Like I remember I had this um, argument. I know this is a little off, but no. I had this argument with this white boy one time, and um, he argued up and down. <laughs> He argued me up and down that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was not black, right? All right. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. And he and he was like, oh, he's Samoan. I said, he's Samoan and black. He said, I don't see nothing black about him. So the first mm-hmm. thing is Dwayne Johnson. That's the blackest fucking name you could ever have. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like, for real, like, where did you think Dwayne Johnson came from? So I mean, look, hey, hey, hey. I, I personally... Do not know a white Dwayne, but I don't want to say that none of them watched a different world growing up. Shit, my name is Dwayne. But the point, <laughs> the point is, is that, like, I feel like to people outside of our community or outside people who know, you know, black people and know that they can come in. Hold on. I'm sorry. And know that they can come in different sh- shades and colors. They might get the impression that oh, so that explains why she's so fair skinned. I mean, it's something they got to deal with. I mean, some people do, some people don't, and and frankly, I'm brighter skinned than both of my parents because of slavery. So that kind of it's just a thing that happened, right? It's just in the history and in, in American DNA. But I don't, I because I, I, I do understand your point, but that's just something you know we'll have to have our white brothers and sisters. Learn as they go. I don't uh, know. It's just weird to me. It's always been weird. And it's also kind of like, um, and then you don't see the father, right? 
So you, I ain't seen the whole uh, the whole series yet. So okay, well, in the series you don't see the father. So for mm-hmm. all you know, she could have a white daddy. Oh well, no, well, no, no, she ain't got no white. She get, she get, she have a white adopted father. Yeah, <laughs> but but the point I'm saying, there's been times where I watch certain movies, right, where characters mm-hmm. that I know are black, but because they kind of look like they can pass for something else, they have white parents. Oh, I mean, well, again, we can't. I mean, look, man. I, I get what you're saying, and and it is definitely an issue in general with how some people perceive stuff. At least as far as the show goes, I mean, I think that totally is cool. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, and honestly, it'd be a little weird if her parents were not gonna say weird, but you know, if her parents were only black, but she had this much of like a broad broad understanding of music at her young age i'd be like that's amazing who the hell were her friends like she must have grown up around a family of musicians or something because i have black parents that's like that her parents you can't you can but your fan your family has to be like artiste or like people who are in music or something because her that's, 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 breath a of, that's a stereotype it's black people that's not artists that's into all that funky ass no 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 they do they do but like even people who listen to a lot of music don't know the amount of detail that she knows unless, like, you really studied that shit. You yeah, know but I mean? that don't necessarily have to be a parent thing. That could just, you are a music nerd. Like, you, it you could be. Like, like, for example, like, I'm into films and I know certain movies that my mom and dad don't know shit about. Of um, course. I know, mean, my, my parents don't know nothing about Japanese stuff, but yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, that you could have black parents. You could even have black parents that don't know shit about that and still grow to be that type of person, though. I'm just saying it... it probably, you know, her white mama don't even pay attention to music the way that she does. Yeah, because all I mean is nothing about any of that a, a white parent in this situation feels at all shocking, given her actual real-life background as, a, as an actor, plus just what we know about the different shades and colors and whatever people can come in. I mean, it, I don't know. That that doesn't bother me having known that that happens in future episodes. That seems fine. Hey, but I, 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 I was, on behalf of white people, are, are you trying to tell me that you don't think her white mother knew about Durando? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just like I I love when shows have like this diversity, but then I question when they do certain things like that. Like, yeah. is it because she light skinned it? Because if she was dark, if she was a darker complexion, would you have done the same thing? Like, if she was my skin tone, would you have given her a white parent still? She could have a white parent, but it probably had to be an adopted parent, you know? I mean, typically. Another thing, I, I'm, I don't mean to get too far off, but I hate that you didn't finish the series. Because hey man, I found out 36 hours ago, all right? Cut me a break. Because it, it kind of um it kind of has a I don't want to say a twist, but there's a there's a lot that we can't say without ruining it for you. Would you say so too? I already know it probably got something to do with Mac, but yeah. Um I also haven't finished the show. Damn, I'm the only one that finished but it. I did, but I did download <laughs> the Durando album and listen to it all the way through because that song is amazing. <laughs> Um, he is really good. Uh, okay, uh, so... All right, but I, I have a theory about The White Mother. I just think okay. with, every one of the, with every show, you're just thinking, like, what can I do to, like, plant a little bomb to have some story later? Um, what can I do that's going to pay off eventually? And I think it's just more interesting if she comes from an interracial relationship 
because there might be like some backstory there. And there's also like, it sounds like there's a little mystery about what's the situation with her dad and her mom. And I think just the more you can hold that stuff back and have us wondering about it, the better it is for the show. So Keith, question. Given that you've seen the entire series, do you believe there'll be a season two? It could be, but they could st- also stop with season one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it kind of wraps itself up. Like, if it was a movie, it would be, like, bittersweet at the end. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with that. But, but the thing the thing that I also wanted to bring up, but since y'all haven't seen it, is that what I thought that was that stood out to that movie compared to other like romantic comedies is that the um the character- talking about the movie or the TV series um the TV the TV the TV series um yeah. is that really Rob's character is the problem like you don't really know that until after the episodes uh, episode 5 or so but oh, shit nah you can tell pretty early that's the problem yeah but it's like it's it was way deeper than I thought it was. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was more like she just, you know, is like a love addict or something like that. But No, but but you didn't think nothing when she started. So, Tim, I don't think you got to this point, but there's a moment. Because I, I was like, what the hell's happening? Like, so she's smoking weed, but, like, she had called the first boyfriend and talked to, and she was like, I was his first girlfriend and the mama was like nah nah no you weren't um it was this person and this person is now his yeah this person's now his wife and they got kids and all that and then okay so they hang up and you're like okay cool and then she started having almost like a fight club moment where like she imagines the mother there drinking a bottle of wine like her and i was like "Mm, yeah okay she a little she got something going on. Did yeah. that happen in, in, in the original film, Tim? I do not remember anything about the original film at all. Like, I know, I just remember the basic setup being the same, of like remembering the exes and things like that. He didn't have a boyfriend at any point in the original film. The year 2000 was a, a less brave time than today, yep. cinematically. Um, but, uh, no, I think they're just taking the basic setup. I don't think they're like, doing any kind of note for note recreation at all yeah so i mean keith is that what you're referring to like she got that kind of stuff going on or is something else it's it's the things that she that she did within her relationship that she does not recall but not that she doesn't recall it's kind of like you know how you had a friend that would tell you about like a relationship and that'd be like how how this person broke their heart and how fucking terrible they were but they didn't say exactly what they did. Right. Yep. And and pretty much pretty much you find out that the decisions that Rob made not only affect her relationship with Mac, but just everybody else around her in a sense. But you can see that though. She's kind of like a sweetheart version of Rick from Rick and Morty. Well, like she first remembers her ex as like this asshole who like suddenly just leaves for no reason. And then we find out that there was a situation with him wanting to get married and the ring and her being a little hesitant. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like how it unveils the backstory because you can yeah. do that in your own relationships where you can go like, she was crazy. Why did that happen? And you think back and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. 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 I want y'all to finish it and just see what y'all think about the conclusion. In the next episode of The Low Key, find out what Tim and Aaron think of the finale of 
High fidelity. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll um, kind of start with a really quick. Hey, here's what we thought of the end. But it's, but now uh, I was gonna also, say I was gonna say one thing is that it's also another thing that makes it unique in comparison to most other romantic comedies is that it's not so much um, focus on a person. Like, of course, this person trying to be with somebody and they have a heartbreak and then they in love with someone else. All this other shit going on. But you, I, I think you kind of learn that, like, in most you have to look at yourself when a relationship doesn't work out, pretty much. Yeah. Or um, that, that it's all, a, a lot of things are contingent on you and, like, what you do and the actions that you, that you take, you know. So, um, and I feel like for, for the longest throughout the series, like, Rob was not owning up to her shit. And in a way, she still doesn't like towards the end, you know. She kind of she kind of takes people, you know, calling her a, a asshole and stuff. But you don't really know how much she learns from it. So I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool. You guys should check it out. So. She's also so cool. I mean, she's just like such a like. If you were just hanging out with her, you'd be like, I can't believe how cool this lady is. That she gets away with a lot. Yep. Like, you just wouldn't question it. You would kind of just assume that she was right and you were wrong. Yeah, people with charisma can can be like that, you know? That's why what, what she does is so fucking terrible, because you want to like her, but then you like, oh, you're actually a terrible person, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she says so out loud a few times. Yeah, uh, it, yeah but it's like, you, you, you. first off, she's good to look at. And then, like, you like, she cool. Like, I would kick it with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll smoke weed with her. You know, you know, have, have some shots with her and shit. Like, she, <laughs> she's always drinking. Like, I mean, there, there are things that just watching a character that, that stick out to me. Like, they're doing it. Like, it's a choice. They're making creative choices on purpose, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, because of how they've set up things previously, I've, I, feel like they're going to do some things with that. And, and I'm really curious to see where it goes because they are, the things that seem like vices do hurt her to some degree. Like she doesn't do well with them and she doesn't deal well with the idea of being alone. And she is terrified and paralyzed by that. And I find that really interesting. So I, I'm definitely, I'm going to finish it and, and at least see where it goes. Cause it's really fun. Me too. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, how it turns out. So uh, we'll share that later. For now, we're going to uh, close here. I'm going to do a quick one. But uh, if you listen this far, please, please, please share the pod. Please tell a friend. Uh, give us a shout out at the Low Key Pod uh, on Instagram. Um, what am I forgetting to say, guys? Well, whenever I'm not sure what to do, I go to coffeeandnamaste.com. The Namaste helps me find my focus. The items on sale there help me hold my coffee. And ho- coffee, unlike weed or whiskey or whatever she's doing on the show, it centers me. So I'm going to recommend you check out coffeeandnamaste.com. Um, one of the people who runs this podcast just might own it. It's not me, but I'm just saying. Check right. it out. Also, we need to press a button and use that promo going forward. <laughs> Also, you guys should check check out um, moviemaker.com for all movie news. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, please do that. Like, that, that is a, paramount. What a great thing to read while you're drinking your coffee. 
Exactly. <laughs> and um, I need to sell some shit. <laughs> if you guys want to connect with us, follow us on social media at the Low Key Pod, and we're also on Facebook. Yes, sir. So it seems like there's enough plugs for the day. For now. We appreciate y'all. Come back for the next one. Uh, we'll have some more great content for you. Okay, we out. Peace. Peace. See you.